0: You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Welcome back to another interesting service of the Dominion Teachers Church, the teenager of Foundation of Truth Assembly. God bless you as you join. And for those of you who are just joining for the first time today, um, we are running off our series on growing like Jesus. You' recall that when we started this topic a couple of weeks back, we started with what we call the dynamics of growth and uh, we examined the different ways in which the Lord Jesus Christ, our example of growth, grew. Bible says that it grew in the spirit, It grew physically, it grew in stature, and the Bible says it grew in wisdom, it grew in favor with God and man. Those are the dimensions that we started examining. And then our anchor text is from the book of Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 40. The Bible says, And the child grew, and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, And the grace of God was upon him. If you flip very quickly to verse 52 of the same Luke chapter 2. The Bible says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I pray that we too will increase in favor with God and man in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we bless your name for today. We thank you, Lord God, for everyone gathered here today. Lord God, we'll pray that as we go into your word, that the light of Jesus will shine upon our hearts, that you will grant us understanding, and by your power we shall continue to grow in all dimensions. In the name of Jesus Christ, our profiting shall appear to all, and our fruit will be evident to many. In the name of Jesus, blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we'll pray. Amen. The Bible says, and he grew in favor with God and with man. I was hoping or thinking that it would be sufficient to grow in favor with God. And that once God is okay with you, everything is fine. It doesn't matter who doesn't like you, if God likes you. Well, the Bible didn't stop at he grew in favor with God. The Bible says, he grew in favor with God and man it is important to grow in favor with man what does that mean that means men are favorably disposed towards you that is you are likable men like you human beings like you and this is some part of our development that is usually underestimated and undermined we we like to work strong in spirit. We like to to grow in um in stature physically to be big, to be tall, you know. They say tall, dark, and lovely. We want to grow big. But this area of growth called social and emotional, it's usually downplayed. We feel it is not important. If it's not important, the Bible will not record it. He said and jesus grew in favor with god and man very key. he was god incarnate he could have said well i only need the favor of god in my life i don't need the favor of man if he had done that he would have made a very big mistake look at how god created the world god didn't create this world or put man in it to be a solitary being no God created Adam and put him in a community. He put him in a society. Remember, as we began to teach through the book of Genesis and the essence of growth, we started with Adam and we said Adam is not an example. But remember, Adam is a spirit. Hmm? When God created him, he created a spirit. When he said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. But having formed him in the spirit, he needed to create him physically Bible now said he made him out of clay out of clay God now produced something physical and when he was done he put his breath into him the spirit of God came into him and Adam became a living soul that is the spirit called Adam given a soul Now was embodied. Okay, that's not all. So we see spirit body and soul. But that's not all the dimension. So the Bible says that God brought him and put him in the garden of Eden. If you read your Bible, Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. The Bible says God brought him. He formed him and brought him inside the garden of Eden. We're going to be reading a couple of verses today as we study the word of God. In conclusion of this series, the Bible says, "And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Hmm? When God created Adam, God gave him a vocation to tend and to keep the garden. Remember, spirit started growing, his body started growing. Then God gave him a vocation, tend the garden, tend the garden. I go on. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that thou shalt eat, you shall surely die. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. If you understand the creation story very well, you see that before God was even talking about making a helper, God had already made animals. God had made those animals and gave them to Adam as part of his social life. He was not really there uh, as a single living thing in the garden. No, they were animals. In fact, the Bible says God brought all those animals to him to give them names. To give them names. L- listen to what the Bible is saying. So you understand properly what God intended after reading verse 18 go to 19. Bible says out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the earth and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them and whatever Adam called each living creature that was his name that is Abraham learned to interact with those living creatures so, God brought each one of them to him. Say, ah, this one, hmm, you'll be called Lion. Oh, this one. I'm not talking about the English name because Adam did not name them English name. But he named them beyond the physical names that they were called. He gave them their identity. He gave them their identity. So, he had mastered relating with each one of the animals before God brought a wife, hmm. So, understand the order. Because I understand today, now, everybody who is a teenager is looking for boyfriend and girlfriend. No, no, no. That's that's the wrong order. The first thing God did was to give him a vocation. Two, he helped him to grow up socially. Socially. That is, in relating with the different animals. Before he brought Eve emotionally. So, today we'll be focusing on... The uh, social and emotional but just to lay the foundation to say God did not create man to be solitary. God put man in a community. You will recall when even God wanted to destroy the world in Genesis chapter 6, he told Noah he said take these animals don't take only one, take two take two, why? so that we, we they can have a life, a communal life and of course for preservation of the species that don't take just one and in heaven heaven that all of us are going to it is not a solitary place if you read genesis chapter 19 verse 1 you will see that there are multitudes in heaven multitude so don't ever think that you will escape relating with people that's not the order of life you will need to be in a community where you relate with people hallelujah so but living among people requires certain skills You cannot just do as you like. You know, I hear a lot of things say, I don't care what people say. Ah, You have to care what people say. As long as you are living in a community, in a society, there are rules governing how you relate and you have to care. You have to care. You have to grow from the different stages. Remember when we were talking about vocation last week, we talked about the four stages. We talked about awareness. We talked about knowledge, we talked about skill, we talked about mastery. You must grow awareness, social awareness, emotional awareness. You must grow it. You must learn how to deal with people. You must live peaceably with people because that's the way it works. Not everybody will like you, yes? Yes. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 verse 18, it says for as long as it depends on you, make sure you live in peace with everyone. That is, you have to pursue peace with everyone. Pursue peace with everyone. They, they should not think of you and think of someone who is um, a, a misfit to the society. Someone who no one wants to relate with. That should not be the description that people will have of you. There are times that as children, you know, we, we, we do as we like. But as we grow, we must evolve. As a child, a child really doesn't care ar- about people around. A child doesn't care how they look, if they are yelling when everybody is supposed to be quiet. A child doesn't care how they talk. But as you are growing, as part of your growth, you must learn to become more and more cultured, more and more socially acceptable, and more and more emotionally aware. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of First Corinthians, chapter thirteen. 1 Corinthians, chapter thirteen. I'm going to read verse eleven. I love this verse because it says a lot. It's a very short verse, but says a lot. Thirteen eleven it says, "When I was a child, I spoke as a child." I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. There is a stage of life called childhood. Even socially and emotionally, there is a stage called childhood. In that stage, you are free to talk the way you like. In fact, how you first know who is a child is how they speak. Is how they speak. You can continue to say anything you like you know, I have children around me, and when they talk, sometimes you wonder, okay, you well, you just you let it go. Say so this one's a child, doesn't know what he's talking about. But as you grow, your speech must change, your thinking, your way of understanding must change. Your expectations in life, your dispositions must change. If a child that you tell a child, oh, this child, I'm going to take you to disney disney park tomorrow the child will believe it it doesn't matter who is talking to them even if it's somebody that cannot afford it the child doesn't know because they don't understand that this person will need to pay and if they are not financially capable they cannot do it a child just believes it no wonder they deceive a lot of people today Why their minds are still childish they understand things from a childish perspective, believing everything, not thinking things through, not reasoning properly. So, we have to evolve as we grow in our journey. You must put away childish mentalities. You must guide the way you think. The things that drive your actions must be based on sound judgment. So, there must be a kind of process of maturation socially and emotionally otherwise you become a victim of a system so these scammers do you know what they do they just play on intelligence basically knowing that some people are not capable of reasoning properly of assessing things properly and you just fall for it they tell you sweet words and you part with valuables they tell you sweet words and they take advantage of your body they tell you sweet words and you open your heart and open your, your, your life to people you hardly know anything about because socially and emotionally you are still childish you've got to grow up you've got to grow up why do you think as we go through life certain people get to become more approachable more likable some people are more honored some people are dishonored when you are in a team you want some people to be in your team you don't want some people to be in your team it's because of the sum total of social and emotional growth everybody wants something good everybody wants to be around something someone good but if they perceive that hmm, this one doesn't have certain qualities that are socially acceptable, then they begin to drop you in the pecking order of life. Let's do a quick mental activity so that you understand what I'm talking very uh, talking about very well. If I'm going to mention some names hmm? in your mind, if I mention a name, assign it a traffic light: red, amber, or green, red being, this person is bad. Amber meaning mm, between good and bad, in my opinion. Then, green means, oh, this is a fantastic person. I like this person. So, think about these names now. I mentioned the first name, Joseph. What comes to your mind? If I mention Ruth in the Bible, what comes to your mind? Is it green? Is it amber? Is it red? If I mention Jezebel, what comes to your mind? If I mention Judas, M.K.O. Abiola, if I mention Donald Trump, if I mention Ote what comes to your mind? If I mention you, what comes to people's mind? Just like you were putting those traffic lights, red, amber and green when we mention other people's names, each time your name is mentioned, something comes to people's mind. Do they think, hmm, dirty. That rude person. That noisy person. Oh, that patient boy or patient girl. That latecomer. That lazy fellow. Is that what they think of you? Oh, they say, Oh, that respectful person or that dishonest person is a measure of how your social index is perceived by others. We are product of perception. Everyone in this life is being perceived depending on what people judge your dominant social behaviors to be. So, as you grow and evolve, we need to be thinking about these things. Do they think of you as that person who is always angry? Your emotional life. Do they think of you as someone who is always smiling? Do they think of you as someone who is always singing? Or someone who is always sad? We must outgrow how people see us from the position of red, to Amber and get to the green zone. Oh yes, as a Christian, not everybody is going to like you. I agree. But don't make everybody hate you. Listen to me. No one can be loved by 100% of the people. But don't let it be your job to ensure that people hate you. There are two different things. There are two different things. What does it mean to grow up socially and emotionally this is our topic for today what does it really mean ah if you think about this very well the height that is the highest point of social development is one word called love and I'll prove it to you love so you are in a society the most acceptable form of behavior towards everyone in your society the most acceptable form of behavior is called love and love has different attributes we see that in scriptures we see that in uh, 1st Corinthians 13 we see from verse 4 to verse 8 that's how you relate with people and of course we see it in the story of the good samaritan remember the book of luke chapter 10 if we start from verse 25 when someone came to test jesus And he was asking Jesus, which one is the greatest commandment? And Jesus told him, hey, it's really about love. Hmm? Vertical love and horizontal love. He says, the first one is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is social relationship. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But guess what? Before you can get to a state where you love your neighbor as yourself, you need to understand that vertical love first. Not the one that you love God actually, but the fact that God loves you first. Listen to me. There must first be a settlement of the fact in your heart, that god loves you there is a way this shifts your value orientation knowing that god loves you put your social outlook your emotional disposition in a perfect state so when you know that you are loved by god that you are a child of god when people try to intimidate you you are not faced when people try to sweet talk you you are not faced. When someone tries and comes to you, and this is for the ladies, a boy you don't know, a man you don't know, an uncle you don't know, starts telling you, I love you, I love you. Say, there's nothing so new about it. My heavenly father loves me and I know it. So you are not easily swept off your feet just because somebody is telling you, I love you. So the height of social and emotional maturity is actually love. So, Not only in relating with others, but in how you perceive yourself. So knowing that you are loved of God, helps you to control your emotions. When bad things happen to you, you know it's not because God doesn't love you. God loves you. In fact, it's because God loves you and is using that moment to train you. When something is not going your way. Instead of you losing your temper, you know that I'm loved of God. I'm a child of God. I own everything. I'm an heir to God's truth. There's a way this controls how you respond to the external world. Instead of being sad, you rejoice. Instead of hating others, you show love. Because there is something resident in you that makes you know you are a child of God. And that because you are a child of God, you are secure first and foremost. Then you can exchange love with people in your interactions with them. Matthew 7.12 talks about the golden rule. That is you do unto others what you would have them do unto you. That is what you want people to do to you, you take the initiative and do to them. When well, we keep this in mind, there is no way you are not going to outgrow the, the, the level of childish social and emotional behavior. So you move when you understand your, your root is in love, controls your emotion and controls your social relationship. That's what it means to grow up emotionally and socially. But why do we need to do that? Why do we need to do that? The first reason you need to grow up emotionally and socially, I'll tell you, is that fulfilling life's purpose depends on how you relate with people. Can I say that again? Fulfillment of life's purpose depends on how you relate with people. It's actually impossible to fulfill your life purpose without relating with people. It's not possible. In fact, the chance that you will do it and the kind of impact you can even make in your purpose depends on how well you relate with others. Jesus Christ himself, Matthew chapter 16 verse 13, Jesus was asking his disciples, "Say, who do men say that I am? They said, well, some said you are this, some said you are that. When they were doing it, he said, but you, you that are close to me, you that are my disciples, who do you think I am? Huh? But, but you've heard people say it doesn't matter what people think. This is Jesus Christ, our example. He says it matters. Oh, not that you are seeking validation from the public. Not that you are, you are trying to get everybody to like you, accept you. No, 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 no. But it's important that you know what they think about you. Why? What they think about you would depend, will, will determine how they will approach you and what they will approach you for. Oh. You call yourself um, a singer. But the world doesn't see you as a singer. You can never be celebrated as a singer. Do you understand? You call yourself... What other example can I use? You call yourself um, a teacher. And the people you are supposed to teach do not perceive you as a teacher. You can never get fulfilled as a teacher because they will not see you in that light. So that's what we're saying. Your projection to people matters and you've got to be able to relate. Why? There are certain doors that will never open to you until you learn how to treat people right. Well, if you don't treat people right, there are many, many, many things that you will not be able to do. So Jesus is saying, Yes, I'm not seeking validation from the public, but I must know how people perceive me. When they think of you, what do they think of you? If they think that you are somebody they don't want to relate with, then no matter what grace and anointing you are carrying, you will not be able to reach them. There are certain doors that miracle will open, but your inability to, re- to relate well with people can shut And that's why it's important for you to grow up socially and emotionally. We're coming there gradually. A second reason why you need to grow up emotionally, why you need to grow up socially, is because emotion can ruin everything. Hello? Emotions can ruin everything. Let me read a story to you. The book of Genesis chapter 4. How emotion ruins something beautiful. I'm going to read from verse 1. We we'll know the story all too well. Genesis chapter 4. The Bible says, Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bought Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bought again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was what? Very angry. And his countenance fell. Listen to that verse very well. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell see what his anger did the Bible says so the Lord said to Cain why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen if you do well will you not be accepted and if you do not do well sin lies at the door and his desire is for you but you should rule over it so Cain talked with Abel his brother and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Lord Jesus. Cain was angry but his anger drove him to murder. Crime. There are many people, gifted people, talented people, anointed people, people from good homes because they cannot manage their emotion emotion of anger they have ruined everything because of what Cain did Cain received a curse on his life God sentenced him to a lifetime of misery may that not be your portion there are people who they are very skillful talented, brilliant just A moment of emotional outburst. They can scatter everything they have been building. And it starts from childhood. They feel, oh, I I, I was just angry. Have you ever heard of people who are angry and they will throw something at the TV? They are angry, they will drop a dish, throw glass on the floor. This is how it starts. One day... That character will mess them up when they are belifted and they will crash. And that's why we cannot but develop right now how to control your emotion. There are times you will feel like saying something. You have to train yourself to hold it back. Because once that word comes out, you cannot withdraw it. It's like an egg falling to the ground. You cannot pack all of it. It's not possible. So you have to learn to train your mind to control your emotion. That's why it's necessary to grow. You see some leaders, beautiful, fantastic leaders. But because of certain emotional imbalance and immaturity, the way they talk to people, the way they treat people, the way they respond, the way they react... Can ruin everything. Can ruin everything. In their presence, everybody may, be, may pretend to love them. When they turn back, you see that people really do not like them. Because there are certain social and emotional things in their lives that make their lives to stink. And we must deal with these things at the early stage. So that we can escape the pain that they can bring in the future if not dealt with. That's why it's important to grow. I tell you the story of another man. The book of Judges. Judges chapter 16. Very popular story. It's the story of Samson. You remember Samson? That man that was physically strong but emotionally weak. May that not be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. The book of Judges chapter 16 talks about how Samson made himself look cheap, even though he was a superman, he was a man that can carry the gate of the city on his shoulder. Ordinary words melted him because he's emotionally weak. I'm going to read from verse 15. Then she said to him, She here is Delilah. Then she said to him. How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. That he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head for I have been a Nazareth to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. We know the story. We know how it ended. We know how they removed Samson's eye. Jesus Christ. We know how they turned Samson, the Superman, to a toy to be entertaining Philistines. Why? He was emotionally weak. She didn't bring a cane. She only brought words and blackmail. If you say you love me, why will you not tell me? Ah, do you know they use this against our sisters? If you say you love me, why will you not sleep with me? Nonsense. They are preying on you because you are emotionally weak. If you say you love me, why will you not follow me and do something bad? If you say you love me, why will you now allow me to be crying? They start crying. Crocodile tears. They are manipulating you. They are manipulating you. Don't be emotionally weak. This man, something was emotionally weak. And that destroyed his life. So, this is another reason why we cannot afford not to grow emotionally and socially. He ruined his life because he was emotionally weak. Yes, he had muscles. In fact, he had the spirit. He was strong in spirit. The Bible says from childhood he was a Nazarite. He did not take aqua. Up. Nobody ever cut his hair. He was a superman. He was strong in spirit. He was physically grown. But wait, he was not socially grown. In fact, he grew in his vocation. His vocation was killing Philistines. He grew. But he was emotionally weak. He was emotionally weak and that was what brought him down. A little thing that we overlook. Emotional growth, social growth. If you fail in this area, it doesn't matter how you do in other areas. You might be physically strong, Spiritually strong, vocationally strong. If you are weak socially and emotionally, I'm telling you there is a price for it. It can bring anyone down. What about Mr. Judas? Mr. Peter. You see, Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. But Judas committed suicide. When he started feeling guilty. When Peter started feeling guilty. He repented. I don't know if you are hearing me well. The two of them did something bad. The two of them were guilty. One person committed suicide. One person repented. What do you think made the difference? Oh yes, I agree. Jesus prayed for Peter. But Peter was emotionally stronger than Judas. That's why he did not die. That's why he didn't commit suicide and say, this is the end. I have messed up. Oh, my father, I have have sinned. Oh, I have betrayed him. Oh, I have denied him. Oh, let me just go and die. That's what Judas did. Judas went back to return the money. But he was too depressed to find repentance. Emotional strength. It counts. Some of us today too, maybe you are saying, I've I've done things that I shouldn't have done. I've done wrong. I've sinned. Even though nobody knows, but I know it and it's eating me up. Sister, brother, is that why you're always moody? Is that why you are taking that substance so that you can kill the guilt? Oh, the devil has been lying to you and say, well, you have done it. You are good for nothing. Just continue doing it. Because God is not going to accept you. That's a lie. Stop it. That's a lie. Is the devil telling you, you are worthless now? You see? You have done what you are not supposed to do. You have sinned. You are worthless. You are good for nothing. Just go and die. Or just continue in sin. Because there is no way out. I am telling you today, don't be fooled. It is playing on your emotional Your emotional maturity. Do you know that there is something called second chance in Christ? Do you know that Christ still forgives? Oh yes, he does. No matter what you have done. Listen to me. No matter what you have done. No matter the sin. No matter what you are doing. Christ is ready to give you a second chance. I mean it. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what you are doing now. It doesn't matter what the devil is telling you. Say, no, you are wrecked. You are finished. You can never recover. You can never be okay again. God can never love you. God can never like you. You have gone too far. is a lie. He's a lie. Grow up. Look at what the prodigal son did. He said, I will go back to my father. I will tell him, I'm not even worthy. Just take me as a slave. Guess what the father did? The Bible says the moment the father saw him from afar, he started running towards him. He said, That's my child. He was dead, now he's alive. He was lost, now he's found. That's how Jesus sees us. So there is no sin you have committed that will make him throw you away. There's no sin that will warrant you to stay in depression. You now using things, doing things just to cover. No, you don't need to do it. Just come out boldly. Come out to him. I say I'm sorry father I'm sorry I have admit my sin I know I'm done wrong forgive me I'm sorry then make up your mind truly that you want to change the devil has lost his right to brag on you that is as simple as that are you going through depression are you suffering from something you can't tell anyone do you know you can tell it to Jesus you don't have to die you don't have to do something stupid. You can tell it to Jesus. You have to outgrow the stronghold that the devil is trying to, to use to manipulate your mind. you go got to outgrow it. How can we outgrow? How can we grow up spiritually, I mean, emotionally and socially? How? I'll tell you three things. Three ways to do that as we close. Number one, it's in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. The book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we should continually renew our mind. We should do what? Renew our mind. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God the more you put the word of God inside your mind the more emotionally stronger you become when something that should trigger a negative emotion comes the word of God will give you a positive alternative emotion When you are in a society, you are struggling how to carry yourself, how to respond. Especially in the face of provocation. Something from the word of God will come and give you a suggestion. Do this. Do that. Because out of the bank of the word of God that is in your mind, something will come up and say, this is the right approach in this situation. This is how to engage this matter. It will give you wisdom, wisdom, wisdom in handling different different people and different different situations. And when people look at you and say, Wow, that person is wise, that person is likable, that person is sociable. They will know that it's not some books you read online, it's the Bible. The Bible. It's a guide to life. Is a guide to behavior. If it dwells in your heart richly, you will see that your conduct will be more socially acceptable. Your conduct will show that you have emotionally matured. You will not be acting before you think. You will not be rash. The word of God will be your guide. The second way that you can grow up emotionally and socially to become better is what we mentioned earlier. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. This is what is popularly called the golden rule. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. What you will have others do to you, Bible says you do to them. Therefore, what Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophet. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophet. That is, you must consciously develop character and reputation, consciously, consciously. That is what you want people to do to you. You do it to them first. Do you want people to treat you with respect? Sow the seed of respect. Live a life of showing people respect. Show people help. Don't wait for a good Samaritan. Be a good Samaritan. Be helpful. Be helpful. Be humble. Even the proud don't like proud people. So be humble. Humility is attractive. It's attractive. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble. But he resists the proud. So in the society, if you are humble, there is a magnet that draws people towards you. Not repel people from you consciously develop your character the character of courtesy how do you treat people do you treat people shabbily when somebody is talking to you are you busy pressing your phone ignoring them do you give them attention little things like that matter cleanliness you come to a place do you come there dressed shabbily dirty No. These little, little foxes, they can spoil the vine if you don't treat them early. Kindness. Be kind to people. All these things are seeds. You are kind to people. Kindness will find you. Integrity. Keeping your word. Keeping your word. There's nobody who loves to be a friend of a liar. There's nobody who wants to be the friend of somebody who promises and never keeps their promises. So you have to make conscious efforts in developing your character. Nobody wants to be the friend of an immoral person. Nobody. So improve your morality rating. Friendliness. Are you friendly? Are you approachable? Or you're always irritated, always angry. Are you discreet? Or are you somebody who gossips? Somebody tells you something in confidence. Next thing is on status. You put it on your status. Ah, this life is not balanced. See what somebody said. And the person is seeing the same post. How do you want them to feel when they see you next time? Yeah, this one. Your secrets are not safe with this person. There are some things you do socially that make you attractive. Or to be repelled. You've got to develop your character in these areas. Are you a punctual person? Are you known as a latecomer? Nobody wants a latecomer in their team. Because the day you need them to show up, that's the day they are going to disappoint you. So the second way that you can grow up is to consciously develop these virtues and characters that the society respects, that the society accepts, that the society is looking forward to. When I say society, that is others around you. Everybody likes to have somebody who is helpful around them, not somebody who crosses their leg when there is work to be done and is waiting for others to do it. So you have to develop these little, little characters. Because some of them are the ones that will open your door. It's not prayer. Sometimes it's not prayer that will open the door. It's how people perceive you. This person has good character. Good character. Then the door opens. Do you understand? Last but not the least, as I round off, the third way to grow emotionally and spiritually is to pursue a life of genuine spirituality what did i call it pursue a life of genuine spirituality turn your bibles with me to galatians chapter 5 galatians chapter 5 verse 22 bible says but the fruits of the spirit is love you know we started with saying you need to grow in different dimensions talked about the spiritual growth and spiritual growth means that the holy spirit is living inside of you these are the fruits that the holy spirit produces because it's living inside of you that's why we said to grow up emotionally and socially if the spirit is inside of you if you pursue a life of genuine spirituality these are the attributes that will be shown in your life see what the bible says concerning these attributes it says But the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Listen. This is the punchline. Listen. The Bible says, Against such, there is no law. Against such, there is no law. He listed nine things. Nine. Nine. I said, If you practice any one of these nine, there is no law on this planet that will say you have done something bad. If you love, if you have joy or you show joy, you know it's an emotion. Love is an emotion. Joy is an emotion. And it's something that shows when you relate with people. It says, if you are kind, you are gentle, you are good, you you exercise self-control, He said, there is no law against this. That is, it gives you an opportunity to attract people. Because there is nothing repulsive about it. Do you want to grow holistically? You must embrace also this aspect of growth. Growing in your emotional life and your social life. It is complementary to the other dimensions of growth in the spiritual, which we have covered, in the vocational, which we have covered. But also, you need to grow up socially and emotionally so that your growth in the two other areas is not nullified. Even Jesus, the Son of God, needed to live a life that can attract favor with God and with man. You are not above Jesus. We said Jesus is our perfect example of growth. Remember all that we have said during this series on growing like Jesus. That growth is a process. Don't jump it. Go through every step of it. But also, don't make it one-sided. Grow in every dimension. That is how to produce the kind of fruit that commands results for the kingdom. That enhances your impact in life. May the Lord help you as you continue to pursue growth. May you not be stunted in life in the name of Jesus Christ. Everything that is required for your growth, all the environmental factors required for your growth, I pray that the Lord will bring them your way in the name of Jesus. Each one of us will grow like Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening. To get copies of our messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly headquarters on 40-42 Imam Dauda Street Off Eric Moore Lagos. God bless you.